Would you stand with me real quick as we go to the word of the Lord? We're going to have a moment of love and laughter today. I hope you don't mind that. And if you do mind that, you really need the laughter. <laughs> if you have my Bible, please. The one thing that I do know is we had a wonderful couples night last night. How many couples were here last night? Would you make a little bit of noise? You were here? You enjoyed it? Amen. And the one thing that I know, too, is that Sister Angie over here worked so hard to serve us. Would you give her a big hand for putting in all the extra time and effort? She did so well to serve us. Would you go to Romans, Romans chapter 8, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 5 and verse 8. We've been doing a creation series and I have to pause that for this Sunday, but I will tell you that you were formed with love, amen? God didn't just speak into existence, mankind, he formed them from the dust of the ground, the Bible says. So when God decided to form us, he chose to get his hands dirty. He wasn't going to just stand back and wait and watch. But he reached down and he put his fingerprints on our life. And when you look back at your life, a life that's trusted into God's hands, you will see his fingerprints all over your life because he formed us with his hands. And he leads us and guides us with those same hands. So I trust the fingerprints of God are on your life today. And I believe God's going to speak to us as we love and laugh a little bit today. The word of God says in verse 8 of chapter 5 of Romans, but God demonstrated his love, that word is agape right there, toward us, and that while we were yet or still sinners, Christ died for us. Can I tell you that when you were in the worst state of your being, Jesus said they're worth dying for. And that is worth celebrating. Amen? Would you bow your heads with me? Jesus, we thank you for agape. It changes our life, changes our world, changes the way we see things, changes how we approach others. Thank you for not just saying it, though, but thank you for living it out when you were here on the earth showing us what it's like to put a bowl on the floor and wash somebody's feet and to love people that were unlovable. Thank you, Jesus. We love you this day as we celebrate your kind of love. In Jesus' name, everybody say amen. You may be seated in the house of the Lord. Did you know you were made with love? Amen. You were made with love. Did you know that you're made for love? You live better life when you have love in your life. Did you know that you were made to laugh? Did you know that? That the Lord actually made something built inside you that gives you health, and it's called laughter. Who likes to laugh here? Anybody? Everybody should raise their hand on that one, right? There's one guy in the back. No, I hate to laugh. I do not like laughing. Don't make me laugh. Pastor, I hate laughing. I love to make people laugh um, because when I grew up, I went through some really emotional times and some really difficult times, and 
I had my emotions like kind of shut down on me. I had to go into my room and couldn't do much. And, and I couldn't really process emotions like everybody else. So my emotional center was kind of shut down when I got into my 18 and 19 years uh, of age, you know, time period, I started realizing that I needed to love like God loved. I needed to open that section of my life back up. And it caused some real issues because I was definitely closed down. Anybody know anybody that's been emotionally shut down? Have you ever been there? You've had to work through it? Well, I want you to know that God wants you to feel love and he wants you to exhibit love. And the only way that you can do that is to let God heal portions of you that have been damaged emotionally. You cannot help others if you're still hurting in areas. The scars are there to remind you that you survived it. You have to go through some things and come out the other side and recognize that God's love will work on you until you're healed of those things. Amen? And I'm thankful for that because now I feel like I can do unto others as I'd want them to do unto me. Even though I went through things where other people did things to me, I didn't want that. I can tell you that I can live that golden rule. And Jesus taught that. That's something that Jesus taught. He said that in Luke 6.31, that you should do unto others what you would want them to do unto you. And this is the golden rule. How many know the golden rule? This is what's called the golden rule. And Jesus also taught in Mark 12.31 that we are to love our neighbor as ourself. And he was quoting that love is different than other loves that we have. I mean, if that was only a normal kind of love, like just any filio or any kind of uh, love that we have translated from other languages, then it would be interesting that he wrote it that way. But he said, and secondly, like this, namely is that thou shalt agape thy neighbor. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There, there is none other commanding, commandment greater than these. He just said, though, that you should love God from the Torah. He was talking from the original language, and he's sharing with some people who asked him, what is the greatest commandment? And he said, to love God. But then in this text, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself. And so we don't quite understand what is it. Is it to love God is the greatest commandment or to love your neighbor as yourself? And to God, that's two sides of the same coin. He says, when you love your neighbor as yourself, you're loving God. And when you love God, you will show love to your neighbor as yourself. And in order for you to know if you really do love God, examine your actions towards your neighbor. Who is my neighbor? Anyone around you. Anyone that's near you. So love your neighbor as yourself. And he's quoting that. But the word love there is so much stronger than our word love because we use love very loosely. Like, I love pizza. Anybody love pizza? Oh, how many love sausage and bacon and eggs? And I always end up on breakfast. Why do I end up on breakfast? It's because it's before lunch, right? And this love would be such a tragic love if we love pizza, but then we also say that I love my mother. My mother would be very sad if she knew she was at the same level as pizza, right? That would be a problem for her. But she knows that my love for her is much greater than my love for pizza, even though I use that word interchangeably. But God did not. He used agape as a very special kind of love, that God is not love, or that God does not love, but he is love. Literally, God cannot do anything but love. And we know that Reese taught very well in spirit life that God's justice and love are intertwined together. Great job, Reese. We appreciate you teaching the word of God.
But the word love in the original language is hava. And in Jesus' language, that was Hebrew, hava in Hebrew. And there's a cousin to Hebrew, a cousin language to Hebrew that Jesus spoke a lot, and that was Aramaic. And in Aramaic, that word is rachmaha. It's really hard to say. It sounds like I'm speaking Klingon. Rachmaha. Any Star Trekers in here? No, not so many. But the writers of the Hebrew language would then have it translated. Obviously, the New Testament was translated into Greek. And in Greek, we get the word agape, which is defined actually by the Shema. You know, it's defined by Jesus' life, the way he lived, and the original understanding in Deuteronomy 6, 5, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength. And Leviticus 19, 18 also talks about this word that has been translated into agape, that, that God's love, that is, that you're to love your neighbor as yourself, and that expressing God's love is an action that you do, that you're expressing your love for people because you love God. And so agape love is not a feeling. You know, we talk about love very loosely, and we talk about when we have feelings for somebody. Like whenever I first met my wife, I, I had to grow in love for her, but I then eventually had feelings for her, and I knew that I was in love with her, or I had fallen in love. It's interesting that we call it fall in love. Hopefully you don't fall too far, but if you do, you can get back up. Not feeling this love that God's talking about is not a feeling. It's a love in action. It's the choice or a literal choice that you make to seek the well-being of people other than yourself. That is love. Today, we are loving each other by being here today. We're showing agape by asking our sister, how are you doing? Or our brother, how are you doing? How are your children? How is your family? How's your education going? How's your children's education? How are things happening in your, what's happening in your life? How's the things on the job? What are we doing? We're not just asking questions just as points of interest or collecting information. We're actually here showing each other brotherly agape, brotherly love and sisterly love. And when we do things for one another, we're showing genuine love as the scripture says, seeking people's well-being without expecting anything in return. In fact, that's what Jesus did. He drew himself to poor people. He drew himself to the sick. He touched lepers whenever they were not supposed to be touched. In fact, they were supposed to walk and say unclean, but he said, come near me, for I'm a God who can cleanse you. He was the perfect heartbeat of God, expressing love toward people that could never repay him. And in that, the scripture says that God demonstrated demonstrated his love toward us, his agape toward us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Do you understand what's happening here? He is demonstrating his love in action. He said, my cross would have been your cross, but I'll die on it for you, even though you can't expect to ever pay me back. You can't expect to ever do anything that is at the level of my redemption. I will lay my redemption on you. I will give you my reputation, my good, my life, my wholeness everything that is me I will lay it down so that you can have it and he gave his life so we could have life and so we could laugh and we could enjoy life we don't have to live under the curse of sin brothers and sisters but we have the ultimate standard of authentic love put forth in the scriptures that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life how well do you treat the person that you can't stand? 
Jesus said, my next level of love is not only that I love you, but that I loved you when you were an enemy of mine, that I loved you when you were against me. This enemy embracing love makes us just bask in the beauty of who God is. It's an intimacy of character in his own being that literally Jesus records it and lives it out in life, that Jesus came, that we would know what real love looks like. And he says, don't just love the people that treat you right. Don't just love the people that do good to you, but love your enemy and do good to them because they, you are not expecting them to do good back. As he said, that's authentic love. If you live a life like this, you'll have great joy. You'll have enjoyment in life. John 4, 9 through 11, and I'm racing because we should be laughing. And this, the love or agape of God was manifest toward us, that God had sent his only begotten son into the world, that he might live, through, that we might live through him. Everybody say live. Everybody say laugh. Everybody say love. All right. We're all, right now we're all at uh, Hobby Lobby walking through the aisles. <laughs> Looking at the wonderful plaques. Live, laugh, and love. That's real cute, Pastor. This is what Jesus did. And this is love, agape. Again, verse 10. And this is agape. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us as in his son to be the propitiation for our sin. And then later on in 1 John 4, 11, same chapter, he says, no, John gets it. He says, well, if God loves us first so that we can love him, then we also ought to love one another. Amen? So all of that means you're made to love. You were made by love. And you were made to laugh. Amen? Proverbs tells us, and they're going to help me put this scripture up just so I can prove it. Proverbs 17, 22 says, a merry heart doeth good like medicine. How many know one of the things that lift you up quicker than anything else is to have a moment of laughter. We've been having a bad day and something happens and you just laugh and you're all like, day's not so bad anymore. Also, there's proven scientific fact that laughter actually is like doing internal jogging, some, medicine, some medical journals have said. Internal jogging. I don't know about you, but I don't like to run. Jogging is not my thing. In fact, if there's something happens and somebody says run, I'll just start repenting and go see Jesus, okay? It's not going to happen. You're going to outrun me, and I'm just going to start praying. That's what I'll start doing. But the beauty of knowing that a merry heart doeth good like medicine is that today we can celebrate a wonderful moment of laughter. And in doing so, we're not just laughing because it's a good moment and it's comedy and it's hilarious, but we're also laughing because we know that this moment of joy was provided to us by God's love. And we rest in that love, and we laugh, and we have peace, and we have enjoyment, and we don't have to worry about what tomorrow holds because it, it's held by the one who put his fingerprints on our life in the first place. Hello, somebody. And so today we celebrate some moments of laughter with our friend Joey. God bless you, Joey, as you come and celebrate with us. You can use this. Hi, everybody. Uh, I need to make this video because it's Sunday. I'm a big football fan, and I love the Packers. You know, I need to vent. My son um, 
you know, he's just been copying me way too much. Uh, I mean, I get it. He's my son. You know, he should be able to have his own teams and like who he likes. He had a mustache. He had a full handlebar mustache. And um, he shaved when I shaved. And then he goes and he starts wearing the same outfits as me. He starts cheering for the same team. And, you know, it's just, it's getting to the point where I can't even, you know, have my own things anymore. You know, it's like he, you know, I just, I need him to understand that he needs to make his own way in life. Oh, yeah, it's just one big joke to him. He can, he can never be serious, I'm telling you. I, I, he, he gets it from his dad, and I get it from my dad. I grew up in an Italian family. My father talked with 100% of his hand. You know, when he was happy, you knew it. When he was mad, you knew it. There's just one question when I was a kid that you never wanted to hear. That was the machine gun question. Because that's when you knew you were going to get it at my house. Because my dad would be like, hey, what did, it, what, did it, what, did it, what did I tell you to do? What did I say? I'm standing there crying. I don't know what you said. You just spit in my eye. I can't even see you right now, Dad. What were you eating? Was that pizza with hot peppers on it? He just pepper sprayed me. Cut that out. Pastor was talking about pizza. It's hard to find good pizza anymore, you know, because, you know, we got Pizza Hut and Domino's and Papa John's with all the crust. That's a lot of bread. You know it's a lot of bread when it comes with a side chaser of oil so you can... Somehow swallow all the bread. <laughs> it's lodged. <laughs> I live in Branson, Missouri. We, I have to settle for a pizza chain that we just got out of Iowa. It's called the Pizza Ranch. Oh, yeah. They got a sign that has uh, like a pizza slice, and it's in like a corral, and, and it has a tumbleweed on it and a wagon wheel insinuating that pizza slices grew up on the ranch. <laughs> I don't even go there for the pizza. I go for there, there for the chicken, which is absolutely delicious. It's got to be offensive to the chicken because he grew up on the ranch. <laughs> and he didn't even make the billboard. <laughs> and he tastes better than the pizza. One of my friends said, well, maybe they call it Pizza Ranch because some people like to dip their pizza in ranch sauce. Listen, if you got to dip your pizza in a secondary sauce in ranch, it's not good pizza. And it doesn't make it authentic either. You're never going to hear Mario and Luigi like, well, we really should make this more authentic. Let's drown it in some ranch. Now you guys are fun. And then I have to, I love Italian food. They had Italian food last night at the banquet. And um, I live in a small town. And sometimes, you know, I miss, I grew up in Racine, Wisconsin is where I'm originally from. And so I grew up with Italian food in Milwaukee, Chicago. And, you know, I miss it. And I, I, I went into the, the Price Chopper. It's a grocery store. And they had like a hot lunch. 
And I seen what looked like mastacholi, and so I said, I'll have the mastacholi. And the lady goes, that's not mastacholi. It's got hamburger in it. I'm like, well, I'll have the hamburger helper then, ma'am. It reminds me of home, and I want it. I'm missing home. And she goes, sir, this is not hamburger helper. It's a traditional Italian meal. Oh, please tell me what it is, Branson. She goes, oh, it's goulash. Goulash. I, I, I didn't even know what goulash was from. I looked it up. You know where it's from? It's from Hungary. You know why they're hungry? Because they're eating goulash. You'll never meet an Italian that will eat goulash. Anything that's, they, they, you won't eat it. Well, they might eat it, but you won't, they, they don't like to eat anything that starts with the word goo in it. They don't want to eat it. They don't want to step in it. Definitely don't want to sit in the goo. Take your goo and go, okay? Take your goo and go. <laughs> it's so weird. And then my mom, I grew up in a Midwestern home, you know, my mom, she was a food pusher. Like, you couldn't come to my house without my mom offering you some corn. Would you like some corn? Not a burden. We got all kinds. Got cream corn, kettle corn. I got a cornucopia we can set up. You know, my husband's a Capricorn, but I don't believe in that. I'm a Christian. She goes from offering corn to asking you about the furniture. What do you think of this? My friends just walked in the house. She's like, what do you think of this trusty stool right here? My friends are like, we love it. It's one of the nicest stools we've ever seen. My mom's like, you like it? Take it to your house. I've been trying to get rid of this for a whole week. It's going to have a rummage sale, but you said you'd like it. You take it, honey. Poor friends are walking home with the stool. They can hardly carry because they ate too much corn. And now they're worried they might have corn in their stool. I'm sorry. That is as corny as I go, folks. That's just, was that too corny? I'm sorry. Uh, guys are fun. <laughs> I grew up in church, though, like we couldn't, you know, we, we grew up in first service, second service, third service, night service, late night service, late, late, late night service, tent revival service, not the outside tent. We just put up a tent, woke up in the morning in service. And I, I always wanted to open a Christian drive through I thought that would be awesome with the Christian menu and everything you pull up like, yeah, let me get two sanctified cheeseburgers. Could you put some hellfire sauce on that, please? Or for the wife, she'll have a lettuce, pray, garden salad. Two fruit of the spirit smoothies to drink for them. And for dessert, let's see, we'll have I rebuke the devil's cake. They're, they're like, your total praise total is 777. Please pull around. You're pulling around. I got a gospel choir out back. Pull up and get your blessing. Right. Pull up and get your blessing. Say it's all right. Pull up and get your blessing. Say it's all right. Pull up and get your blessing. Say they got the choir in the parking lot. Pull up to pull up, pull up. Pull up to pull up, pull up. Pull up to pull up, pull up, pull up, pull up to pull up, pull up, pull up. Pull up, 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 
Did I mention I grew up in the Pentecostal church? This song could go on for hours. I'm sorry. But um, what he was talking about is so true that, that the love of God is, 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 is he's our heavenly father. And, and he, he showed me that my, my father gave his life to God and, and he was a godly father to me. And he, he, he was disciplined and sometimes he would discipline us and we didn't like that. We didn't always understand, you know, why, why, why he would be rough and tough. But he also had fun with us. He was balanced. And um, when he passed away of a massive stroke in 2010, I was going to quit doing comedy. And I'll never forget, um, someone came up to me at the funeral and said, you know, you look like your father. You sound like your father. I'm so glad your dad lives on through you. And I was like, wow, man, that's powerful. And um, I was like, who am I to quit? What God is blessed and, and to keep blessing people with. And so when he, when he brought me and just even what he's talked about, about it's just really the legacy that my father had taught me to, to, that laughter is important and that you can become bitter really easy when you're going through hard times. And uh, so, yeah, um, when we had our baby girl, we found out that she had autism and uh, we didn't know right away, but I, I, I kind of knew, and we had someone come to the house. Um, when I was a kid growing up, I had a rare muscle disease called familiar periodic paralysis, and uh, the doctor said I would never perform again, and I've been blessed to perform for the last 20 years. And um, it's, it's crazy because I remember the doctor, uh, this is way before I ever thought about getting into comedy, he was like... Uh, uh, you have a disease called familiar periodic paralysis. You become paralyzed periodically. And uh, I remember I just wanted hope, and I looked at the doctor, and I said, so I'm like a paraplegic with privileges? <laughs> and right when I said that, the doctor, <laughs> snot came coming out of his nose, and he laughed super hard. And I, 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 was, I was in a moment in my life where he was telling me I'll never do this and never do that. And when I said paralysis with privileges, and he, he gave me hope. <laughs> and it was crazy because uh, fast forward to when my daughter was being diagnosed with what she was going through, um, my daughter would rock back and forth, and she was nonverbal for five years, and she wouldn't say anything. And my father had always told me to connect with my daughter no matter what what happens in life, you know, to, to love her and to show her that, that you don't have to have a lot of words. You just have to have love in your heart. It's in what's in your heart comes out and they can feel that. And so I would, I remember I didn't, I was, I was a little confused on how I was going to connect with her and she would rock back and forth. And so I just sat down next to her and started rocking. And I remember she stopped what she was doing. She's like, you got a problem? She didn't say that. She just gave me the look. And then she went back to rocking, and, and she would hum. Mm, mm, and we start making beats, you know. Mm, mm, mm. I didn't have a drum. I just had this. Mm. And, and she, she reached over and went. And I, I, I was like, wow, she, she likes this. So we would hum, and we'd make music. And all of a sudden, the doctors were coming over to diagnose her, and they, they said, man, you, you, you connect with your daughter in a way we've never seen before. What have you been doing? I'm like this. <laughs> like, 
please stop that, please. <laughs> they're, like, they're like, you're doing what's called flooring. They literally said this to me. You're doing what's called flooring where you take something like rocking that makes no sense and you give it a purpose. And I remember I looked at the doctor and I said, so what you're saying, doc, is we're not just rocking. We're rocking with the purpose. Yeah, so... So, yeah, and uh, I've been diagnosed with a lot of things. I just got diagnosed last week with the young and the restless leg syndrome. That's where I walk in place. I had no idea I'd do this. I didn't even know I did this till last week. This lady came up and said, excuse me, sir, the restrooms are over there. And the cool thing about this is if you take one step forward, it looks like you're salsa dancing. Hey, you guys have been great. God bless you. Let's stand together. Isn't he great? He did a great job. There's something about laughing together that really brings you close. But today, um, we just wanted to remember the love of God and the laughter that we have together. And I hope that you know that laughter has no boundaries. It doesn't have any kind of boundaries. That No matter what the world does, no matter where they go, where culture goes, we know that if we get together... And we love each other and we laugh a little bit. It doesn't matter if you're Hispanic. doesn't matter if you're Puerto Rican. It doesn't matter if you're black or white. None of that matters anymore because it gets to the spirit of man. And it starts to do medicine, amen. It starts to make you feel better. So, Joey, you know, whenever you take medicine that's in the capsule, right? And that capsule does nothing but transfer the medicine into your body. And Joey Aiello is the capsule. And God is the medicine, amen. Laughter is the medicine. So let's thank him one more time for being here. Thank you, Joey. God bless you. We love you, my friend. Going to have a wonderful day today. I hope you have a great day. But could we just take a moment of prayer together? And if you wanted to pray at this altar, you could do that. But today we just thank you, Lord, for the love and the laughter that we've been able to share in this house. We also thank you for every family member, every loved one that's come, every purpose and every person that is here. Lord God, would you let laughter propel them? Would you let your love enhance the purposes of each one of our lives? Would you let us realize that when we love others, we are actually opening the doors of your purpose for our life? And that when we love others, we actually see clearly where you want us to go. And it brings the gifts out of us that we need to use in this world to de demonstrate the love of Jesus. And so we ask you today just to bless everybody that's here and everybody online listening with more love and laughter in their life. In Jesus' name. I said amen. If you would like to pray, you can do that. If not, God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday.
are close like no other I've known you as a father I've known you as a friend And I have lived in the goodness 